0: My brothers and sisters, our conversation topic today is heaven. We're concluding this series, the big picture, and the only place that we could the end of our mortal story and the beginning of our immortality. There are so many amazing passages in the Bible that strive to describe heaven, but one of my favorites is when Paul writes this. He says No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those of us who love him. It's unimaginable. In fact, all we can do is imagine. So I wanted to invite us today to enter a different kind of space to give ourselves a moment to slip the surly bonds of this earth just for a few moments and to dream, to imagine what is to
1: come. I can only imagine What it will be like when I walk by your side I can only imagine Where my eyes will see When your face is before me I can only imagine What will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or now you be still. Will I stand in your presence? To my knees, will I bow? Will I sing hallelujah? I'll be able to speak it all. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I can only imagine When that day comes And I find myself Standing in the sun I can only imagine When all I would do Is forever Ever worship you I can only imagine Imagine, yeah Surrounded by your glory What will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in of you be still Will I stand in your presence? To my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? I'll be able to speak it all I can only imagine Surrounded by your glory What will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or enough? you of you be still Will I stand in your presence? To my knees will I fall? Will I see? me ever to speak at all I can only imagine I can only imagine I can only imagine when all I would do is forever forever worship you I can only
2: A reading from the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God, and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On each side of the river is the tree of life, with his twelve kinds of fruit, producing his fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no more night, They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: My brothers and sisters, today we read the final passage in Scripture. And tell the final part of our story, or at least the end of the beginning of our story. Today we're talking about heaven. And this passage from Revelation 22 can confound us in some respects because we often, we so often want to understand. I read passages like Revelation 22
1: and I find myself asking how?
0: But how is not the point. Wow is the point. This passage isn't meant to be understood. It's meant to fill us with wonder and expectancy. So I want to invite all of us to give ourselves permission today to be amazed by what God has in store. Revelation 22 verse 1 says this. Then the angel showed me the river Of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. You know who I want to talk to? I want to talk to the woman at the well. You remember her? From John chapter 4, Jesus found this woman, a Samaritan woman. The Jews thought Samaritans were outcasts, but he found this woman at a well, and he found her there in the middle of the day, and that's important because it tells us something about her. In that desert environment, people didn't carry things as heavy as water in the heat of the day. They went in the cool of the morning or the cool of the evening. The fact that this woman was at the well in the middle of the day tells us that she wasn't just an outcast. She was an outcast from the outcasts. And that's the one Jesus went looking for. And he found her. And he made her a promise. He said, if you'll follow me, I will give you living water. And you will never thirst again. Here in Revelation 22, we find a river that is flowing with living water. And my guess is that that young woman from John chapter four is going to have her feet in that river. And I want to talk to her. I want to hear the story from her own lips. I want her to tell me, with her feet dangling in a river of living water, I want her to tell me how Jesus Christ always keeps his promises. In the middle of verse 2, we learn something else. We learn that there is a tree, the tree of life, and that this tree is on both sides of the river at the same time. Now, how does that happen? I don't know. But how is not the point. Wow is the point. I can't wait to see it. And the Bible tells us there are a number of very interesting things about this particular tree. Like, for example, the Bible says it produces fruit, 12 different kinds of fruit. And unlike most trees we know of, that produce fruit once a year. This tree produces fruit once a month. Now, I don't know how that works. I don't know if... This is one of many trees and if each one of them make the same kind of fruit each January and then they make a different kind of fruit every February and then a different kind of fruit every March or or maybe in January this tree over here makes strawberries and that tree over there makes pineapples or maybe every one of the trees makes every one of the fruit every single month. I don't know, but again, that's the how and the point is the wow and the wow isn't just that the trees bloom every month or that... They'll make 12 different kinds of fruit. The point is that there will be enough, more than enough. Hunger will be gone. There will be no more one in five children who don't have enough. The Bible tells us so. It says one other thing about the tree that we need to see. It says the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. The leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. Again, we could get caught up in how does this work? Not the point. Not how, but wow. One day, God is going to heal us, all of us, together. And we will all see, once and for all, that those we believed to be our enemies have in fact been our brothers and sisters all along. In verse 3, we read something else amazing. The Bible tells us nothing accursed will be found there. What does that mean? Well, the curse in Scripture, the curse is, is sin and the consequences of sin, chiefly of death what the Bible tells us is that the curse and the consequences of that curse will no longer be there. Nothing associated with the curse will be present. No fractures and no failures. No more self-doubt. You will be the you that God always intended you to be and I will be the me that God always intended me to be. We'll be honest and we'll be deep in our relationships. Everything we were going to hide before we won't have to hide. Because the shame and the things we were ashamed of shall be gone. The curse is gone. No more sickness. No pandemics. No flu shots, no cancer, no cancer treatments. Doctors won't have to doctor and nurses won't have to nurse. And that's okay because we're all going to have one job. In the middle of verse 3, we learn the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and His servants will worship Him. Start with the first part of that. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city. If we were to go back just one chapter to Revelation 21, we would hear God describing this heaven. And in it, God says, I will be with them. They will be my people. I will be there. God, God will walk with us once more, just as God did in the beginning. Like that old hymn, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me that I am his own. Now look at verse 4. Verse four says, and they, that's us, will see his face. My friends, those few words are what make heaven heaven. The crystal living waters And the tree of life will be something to see, no doubt. But what makes heaven heaven is coming face to face with our Creator. To walk through the garden again together, just as we once did. (laughs) I don't have words for that but it does remind me of a story. Last week, I went with my children down to visit my folks. They live in Sevierville, Tennessee, in the mountains of East Tennessee there. the Sevierville is the county seat of Pigeon Forge in Gatlinburg. Lots of uh, go-karts to be ridden and miniature golf to be played and hikes to be hiked. My kids love, love, love going to see Grandma and Pop-Pap. My father will be 80 next year, but he still works. He's been in the restaurant business his whole life, in some form or another. And 10 years ago, my brother brought a series of ice cream stores called the, called the Marble Slab. My dad helps to run those for him. Now, if you're not familiar with the Marble Slab, it's kind of like a Cold Stone Creamery, you... Point to what kind of flavor of ice cream you want and they scoop it out and then you can, they put it on a marble slab, hence the name marble slab, and they mix stuff in, like sprinkles or M&Ms or if you know what's good, peanut butter cups. They mix it all together and they put it in a cone or a cup and there you have, bam bam, that's your brand new, your very own ice cream flavor. They make all their own ice cream. This place does. My dad helps. And the way, the week I was there, they, they happened to be understaffed. And so my dad, who again, almost 80, was on the hook to be the guy who went in and made all the ice cream, which is a bit of a laborious process. So I wanted to help him out. Plus, I'm a naturally curious person. I wanted to see how all of this ice cream making worked. It's pretty cool. They have these two big machines and no matter what flavor of ice cream you're trying to make, you start with one bag, two and a half gallons of sweet cream, basically milk with extra sugar in it. And if that's all you put in the big machine and you turn it on, five minutes later, you're going to have sweet cream ice cream. But you could add all kinds of other things. They have all these great recipes. You put in half a cup of you know, vanilla, it comes out vanilla ice cream. And if you put in four cups of cocoa powder, you get Swiss chocolate ice cream at the end you put all these ingredients in and you hit the button and 5 minutes later everything that comes out is kind of the consistency of soft serve ice cream and you, you scoop it all into this this container and you you put it in a blast freezer which is what's called a what a, that's a super cold freezer it's really really cold it it gets the the ice cream very cold over 24 hours and then you actually have to take it out of that freezer and put it in another freezer so that it can warm up it warms up a little bit in the other freezer which i think is interesting It was really cool to see how all of this happened. But it was, in fact, a lot of hard work to to make ice cream. All these different kinds of flavors. But before I left my parents' house to go help my dad, my mom asked me a question. She said, honey, are you sure you want to go do this? You're on vacation and this is a lot of work. So I told her the truth. I said, yes. Yes, I want to go do this. First of all, my dad, though in fantastic shape, is almost 80. I want to help him out a little bit. Secondly, I really do want to see how this whole process works. But there's another reason that's bigger than the others. I just want to be with my dad. didn't really matter what we were doing. I just wanted to be with my dad. You see, therein lies the treasure of this place called heaven. Whether we walk down streets of gold or through gates fashioned from a solid pearl, whether we raft down the river of living water or eat fruit from a tree called life, We get to do it with our Father. Face to face. Verse four says, they will see His face. And then it says, and His names, His name will be on their foreheads. What does that mean? Are we all getting Jesus tattoos when we get to heaven? Now, brothers and sisters, perhaps the greatest source of the challenges we face in our lives can be traced back to the misunderstanding of our own identity. The dissonance that comes when we fail to act like what we are and what we have been created to be. The beautiful and beloved children of God. The name Of God, the Bible says, the name of God will mark us. A constant reminder to ourselves and to those around us just who and whose we are. Perfect clarity about our true identity. And verse 5 says, there will be no more night. They will need no lamp or sun. Because the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. No more darkness, church. We won't need lamps. We won't need lights. Even the sun itself will be retired. It had a good 4.6 billion year run. But it's going to be shut off. Because true light, perfect Illumination, the creator of light itself will take the place of the sun. And our Lord, our God, and his Christ shall reign forever and ever. I am so grateful that God chose to include Revelation 22 in the Bible. It leaves us with some questions. But if we paid attention today, it also leaves us with tremendous wonder. Surrounded by His glory. What will our hearts feel? Will we dance for You, Jesus? Or in all of You, be still? Will we stand in Your presence? To our knees, will we fall? Will we sing hallelujah? Will we be able to speak at all? No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him we can only begin to imagine. And so our story ends just as it began in a garden with the tree of life. We began this series several weeks ago by talking about who God is. That the chief characteristic of God is that our God is the embodiment, the incarnation of perfect relationships. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in a dance. So precise, the three are one. We saw this played out in the creation story. In Genesis chapter 1, we see perfection and precision. In Genesis chapter 2, we see intimacy, closeness. And here, here in this passage, we see the heart of God made manifest as if an architect could stare into God's very soul. There is perfect order. The stream flows from the throne and the tree produces fruit at precise interval. There's perfect relationship because there's no more shadow. There's nowhere to hide. And therefore, there is no more fear. My brothers and sisters, in the scope of our present journey, this is Palm Sunday. This is the day of Christ's triumphal entry, the great celebration on the back of a donkey. It is a meager foretaste of the procession that is to come. we all have an invitation. Because of what we remember this Holy Week. This study, the big picture, it is a microcosm of our whole story, of God's whole story. And here is the beautiful ending. Or beginning of the end. God did all of this for us. Creation, covenants, Jesus, the church, all of it. Not because God needed to, but for us. Knowing what it would cost, God did it. God did it. Because of how beautiful that moment will be. You want to go? I want to go. And I want you to as well. And not because it is a a safe alternative to hell, though it is. I want you to go so we can raft the living river and climb the tree of life together. I want you to go so that we can see once and for all that our enemies are really our brothers and sisters, but most of all. I want you to go for the reason God made you. God made us for perfect relationship. I want us to go so we can be with our Father. God did it all, all of it, for you and me, just so he could be with us and we could be with him. That's the big picture. You are the object of your God's desire and nothing will satisfy your heart or mine until our hearts rest in Him. So if you want to go to this beautiful place, if you want to live that resurrection starting right now, as we begin this holy week, I want to invite you to join me in prayer, asking Christ to fill your life and forgive your sins. For there is such beauty that awaits. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we understand so little of what you are, but what we know is overwhelming. You are perfect light and perfect relationship, and perhaps above all, you are perfect love. As the scriptures say, while we were yet sinners, still you sent Christ for us. We were still in the middle of our sin we cared nothing for you and still you set in motion this story that one day would cause us to be reunited created and covenanted you sent Christ and gave birth to the church and you did it all to be with us and so that we could be with you Father, I want to pray with anybody who's out there today listening who doesn't know you, who hasn't claimed your grace and their rightful place as a prince of the living God. Father, bless them as they pray a prayer just like this. God, I have hurt you and I've hurt myself and I've hurt others sometimes I hurt by accident and sometimes I did it on purpose like everyone else I have sinned but you love me anyway And you sent your Son to bear death and bring forth life for me. So today I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, put my whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as long as I draw breath and even beyond in the name and to the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. My friends, if you prayed that prayer, that last prayer with me, if you prayed that prayer to accept Christ as your Savior, I want to share my email address. I want to invite you to email me. It's Rob at ebenezerumc.org. Scrolling across the bottom of the screen right now, Pastor Rob at ebenezerumc.org. Org. I want to rejoice with you. I want to put some resources in your hand and I want to help you get connected to the body of Christ. Perfect relationship.
2: Amen.